Hey everyone, this is Dr. Tim Cummings. And this is Dr. Jess Cummings. And this is the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. On this week's episode of the Healthy Kansas City Podcast, we interviewed Austin Jarko with Austin Jarko Golf and Fitness. And for somebody who knows not much about golf, this was an awesome conversation. I learned so much from him. Um, he's just doing things right as far as how he is coaching his athletes and his clients, um, both on the fitness and training side, as well as just golf technique and performance too. Absolutely. And this is one of those things, again, where if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, I think you know that we love to go deep with people. And like Jess said, this conversation really went in some interesting places and some very meaningful places as well in terms of like how people deserve to be treated when they come into a place of business that is oriented towards serving other people. And so while kind of the theme of this podcast is golf and fitness, kind of like, you know, when you come into our place, you're going to get physical therapy, you're going to get some training advice, that type of thing. This is really about how do we treat people well? you know, in the sports medicine, in the health and fitness industry. And I think that's what will emerge as you listen to this podcast. We kind of start at that surface level and then really get get deep. And so we're really excited for you guys to uh, hear from Austin and get to know a little bit more about him. And if you are a weekend golfer or an aspiring amateur golfer, or you know somebody who is one of those people, I would definitely share this podcast with them as Austin is doing things right in terms of golf instruction and golf related fitness as well. So with that, as always, we hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And if you love it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And if you don't love it, you don't have to leave a review. Enjoy. All right, let's see if I can do this on the first take. Yeah, don't screw it. All right, so welcome back to the Healthy Kansas City podcast, everybody. We are super excited today. We've got Austin Jarko of Austin Jarko Golf and Fitness on the podcast. I'm super excited to have him on. Austin and I have been kind of stalking each other on social media for She's probably a couple of years now trying to figure out a way to get together. And then obviously that didn't happen after what happened 10 months ago. So we're <laughs> like, all right, maybe the podcast is the best way for us to actually have a conversation. So this has been a long time coming. Thanks for coming on, Austin. Absolutely. I'm so glad we found each other's DMs. It worked out. Yeah, man. Yeah, th this is great. So, um, you know, like Jess always says, you know, I think the, the best place to start is always just hearing a little bit about like, who you are and you know how you got to where where you're at now and you're, you're doing some really cool stuff so we can make this as like quick capsule or long form as you want so <laughs> perfect uh yeah so i was born and raised in lee summit missouri that's kind of where i uh, reside right now well it is where i reside right now and work out of um and i just kind of ended up where i was in college i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life and i've always decided that i wanted to be in the golf business and um and so I just went after being a golf professional and uh, I, I won't name drop where I was or anything like that, but I got burnt out. It was awful. It was the worst, <laughs> worst couple of years I have experienced. And I was just like going through and I was like, why am I working 80 hours a week for $25,000? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. How does this mean? I just, I mean, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't compute at all, you know, especially these places that are making money. 
And then, uh, and I'm very vocal about that. I think it's uh, the PGA right now really needs a, a kick in the rear to kind of reassure their members who pay membership dues that they are going to have some sort of uh, some guarantees uh, that go along with their, their PGA membership. And that's, that's kind of, uh, I was just voted on the board of the Midwest PGA section. And that's kind of my, my deal right now is I'm really pushing hard to make sure that uh, young apprentice golf professionals that are in the area are being taken care of and can actually make a legitimate career about this. Not only that, but don't have to have six roommates to do it. I think that's yeah. really, it's really important. Man, uh, that's, not to interrupt, but I feel like that's the same thing. My background in strength and conditioning, it's the same issue in strength and conditioning. It's like yeah. you guys are professionals, just like the strength and conditioning coaches at the high school, college and pro levels are. But it's like they're not being treated like that by their employers. And right. so, man, that I'm glad you're advocating for that because you guys, you do great work. So, yeah, well, we, we wear a lot of hats. And I think that's what uh, the issue was a lot of times is not only am I a golf professional, I'm supposed to be able to give 100% good lessons at all points. I'm supposed to have 100% positive customer service ratings. I'm supposed to make sure that I can manage a golf shop, bring the appropriate amount of merchandise in, sell it at, a, at an appropriate rate. Then I'm supposed to manage tournaments, leagues, my staff. I'm supposed to manage my food and beverage operation, memberships, whole nine yards and I need to do this flawlessly seamlessly with uh, without any issues and so Austin, really that is think- fascinating for somebody for those listening Jess <laughs> Dr. Jess knows nothing about golf <laughs> I you know, know about business <laughs> I know about business I know by proxy what my husband knows so the golfers I have treated over the years you have my husband to thank because <laughs> everything I know I know from him but I had no idea that that is the scope of the things that y'all have to manage so that's fascinating that's like systems, processes, sales, marketing, yeah, like, like everything. <laughs> and weatherman, we get asked the weather all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Yes, yeah. which is very important for golf. So right. that's probably arguably the most important thing you need to know. <laughs> that's really kind of what drove me to do what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, we're talking about my background, but I grew up, uh, my mom did a fantastic job. Uh, she was a, an amazing mother. She did it basically on her own. My, my dad uh, left at a young age and that was okay. And we're, we're, you know, rekindling our relationship now, but not, not to talk badly about that, but it really tore me up inside. I was, I had some serious mental health issues. I mean, I still go to my therapist once a month mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm very open about it. I think that a lot of people could really benefit from going, um, yeah. but I think it's that, you know, people that go through experiences like that are open to talking about their experiences with other people, specifically the juniors. And that's all this together. The fact I didn't want to work 90 hours a week and make, you know, poor money. And my past experiences, I was like, what can I do to better other people? And, and this is what I came up with. If I can be the best hour of somebody's week, if I can give the best golf lesson if I can make them feel a little bit better about themselves, if I can give them some tough love, but something that they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear, that's going to make them go home and say, you know what, Austin actually cares, then I've done, I've done my job. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. That's, that's how Austin Drunker Golf and Fitness became to be. Uh, I've got a lot of really good juniors right now, and I'm getting them out of their shells, and I'm getting them open to talking about things going on in their life that sometimes it's embarrassing or they don't want to talk to the parents about. And I completely understand that. But 
I'm right up in their face. I'll tell them exactly what they need to hear. You know, get off of your rear. You're being a POS and let's go. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. That man, that counts for a lot. That's so cool to hear that too. Cause we, since we started this podcast, just people talk about like they had their like pandemic, like dog that they adopted or they started like their <laughs> pandemic side hustle or, or things like that. And I think one of the things that we, we have noticed because this is our little podcast, you know, pandemic podcast that yeah. we started, you know, seven months ago, but it's really grown into this thing where it, it, we've met so many awesome people like you. And I think the almost universal theme that we found is like people need providers all along the sports medicine spectrum that are willing to sit down and have a conversation with them, a very frank conversation. And sometimes just like you're talking about, to be there to listen, to let people tell their story is, is so valuable. And I feel like that's what's missing in a lot of mainstream, certainly in a lot of mainstream healthcare, but also, you know, this time of year when we get to January and we're talking about, you know, a new year, new you, like this quick fix, like fitness, it's like, which we know is not sustainable and doesn't really change people's lives for the better long-term. There's people like you who I think are really going to, to move the sports and kind of fitness and medical industries forward. So that's, man, that's super cool to hear that you're, you're going about it that way. Cause that, that is certainly not the mainstream way of doing it. So no, and not, you know, I'm not really big on accolades or anything like that. That's that seems to be a lot of the PGA industry around here. Is look at the seven awards I got nine yards. I don't care. I got a kid that, you know, decided he wanted to wake up today and come work out with me. And that to me means more than anything. They're they're getting up. I'm checking on grades. I will send people home for bad grades. I'll <laughs> work here, uh, and I have, and I've sent people away for not doing their homework, whole nine yards, you know, so just, mm -hmm. it's holding people accountable just as much as being a coach or just being a, a life mentor, and I think that's what quickly gets forgotten is, oh, you're golf, oh, oh you're strength and conditioning, no, you're not, you're a therapist with uh, the full scope of ability to help in every aspect of what you're doing, strength and conditioning or golf just seems to be what you are, your specialty is in, you're not, and the health industry to be in a portion of the health industry, you're in the entire scope of the health industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And can you um, share with the audience just the whole spectrum of things you offer? I mean, you were, you guys don't listening, don't know this, but we were just looking at your place, like as you were kind of showing us <laughs> with the uh, video and it's so cool. And again, knowing nothing about golf, it'd be really helpful <laughs> for the audience just to hear about all the things that you do in house sure. so yeah yeah so it literally in my house uh i have a uh a, a golf indoor hitting bay so i can give golf lessons i've got a, a flightscope x3 launch monitor um has a real-time golf club tracking analysis and ball tracking analysis i can tell you everything about your golf swing in no time because it's right there on the screen and no longer do you have the ability to argue with me because the science says right behind me that <laughs> it's doing exactly what I'm telling you it's doing so <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> and so uh and and I think because of that it's been a really good thing for my students and they're like oh yeah I guess it is really doing that I, I guess I'll try it you know <laughs> uh, uh, on top of that, I've got a putting green downstairs that uh, my flight scope uh, also is able to measure so I can analyze putting strokes, chipping strokes, figure out exactly how far the ball was going to roll, how much did it skid, how much did it jump, it, you know, is your putting face open, is it closed, everything, it's incredible. 
Um, on top of that, I've also got a full club building workshop in the house. And so I can build uh, uh, custom clubs. I can make any alterations necessary. I can give you all the specs of your clubs that you need. I'm a very uh, uh, OCD kind of person. And so my golf specs, I'm very sensitive about my golf clubs. And so I can tell if they're a little bit off and that gives me the ability to go in there, check, make any changes. And I can do that for all of my clients as well. On top of that, I have a fully functioning gym that uh, we are able to use. I've got a squat rack, I've got medicine balls, I've got bands and looking around, I've got kettlebells, I've got uh, uh, stability tools, I've got a TRX, I've got all kinds of stuff. So I want you to yeah. talk more about that. I, so coming at this from you know the PT and then of course Tim, his PT and strength and conditioning background, um, talk about how important it is for golfers to strength train because I feel yeah. like many times there is no mobility that they work on and they just go golf and they yeah. practice golf. And, and this is a lot of people with any sport, but um, that's just what I've seen with my golfers over the years. Like they don't do anything but golf and just like any sport, it's like, you got to cross, cross train if you want to perfect yeah. what like the most important thing to you, which for a lot of people is golf. So yeah. What's your perspective on that? I've been encouraging my, uh, my older clientele as well. I'll say older, but anybody older than I am, that's what I'm <laughs> That includes Tim and I. <laughs> That's so okay. watch what you're saying. Older. I'm all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> Continue playing sports, other sports as well. So go go play basketball, you just in your driveway or whatever it is. But there needs to be some sort of cross training there. And I think that includes athletics as well um, to kind of keep dialing in that hand-eye coordination. Um, I think you guys know all about the early specialization that is going on in sports right now. And it's terrible. Honestly, um, it drives me up a wall. I hear people all the time, well, I'm going to stop playing all these sports and I'm just going to focus on golf. And I'm like, I'm your golf instructor. And I'm telling you, no, absolutely not. I need you to continue playing sports. Otherwise go find a different golf instructor. It's just not going to be the way that I'm going to run things. I am perfectly okay saying, okay, you got groomy. It's time for you to go somewhere else. Um, but golfers in general, it's such a repetitive, fast, explosive motion that if you don't do any sort of strength and conditioning, then you're going to end up hurting yourself. Think about how many times have you ever, are you, are you both righties? I'm a lefty. You're a lefty. Okay. Yeah. How many times have you went to the other side of the golf ball and tried to hit a ball with your opposite hand? Yeah. That doesn't go well. Well, yeah. Tim is ambidextrous. I am very, I'm, I'm not ambidextrous so with not golf. Go well for me. Like I can throw, I can throw darts with both hands. I can't <laughs> golf with both hands. I'm not that ambidextrous. So <laughs> But so the point I'm making, though, is that your body only makes a move one way so many times, and it takes hundreds of thousands of golf balls to be able to replicate a couple good shots on the golf course. And so you're telling me that you're not going to do any strength and conditioning. You're just going to go about it. You're going to make sure that your body is completely lopsided because you don't train the opposite way, and you're not going to be hurt at all? Get, get out of here. That's just a load of crap. So... Uh, it's incredibly important um, to answer your question shortly. Uh, you have to do it. There's no, there's no uh, ifs, ands, or buts that you have to do it. And I, I have been really training uh, specifically with a few of my clients lately, the non-dominant side, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I found that that's the quickest way to add speed and mobility in people's golf swings. Not only does it increase dexterity, but it also allows them to slow down faster and that you can only go as fast as you can slow down. Your body's got a natural governor on it and uh, cycle or mentally, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> it's got a natural governor here will only allow you to go so fast, but if you can understand how to slow down, then you can go faster. Yeah. 
really good success with that lately. Yeah, it's that it's the thing that we we have seen over the years. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, my kind of like cross exposure with physical therapy and like TPI and strength and conditioning when I started as a PT. I, I got to work with so many athletes who had been injured because of my strength and conditioning background. And that was the thing that I saw, like you're talking about over and over again. If you have somebody who's, you know, a, you know, single side dominant, like thrower, swinger, hitter, you know, things like that, that really became almost a detriment to them if they didn't have any sort of training program that was not necessarily making them symmetrical side to side, but at least like you're saying, it's like you have to train that non-dominant side or pattern of movement, because if you create too much of an imbalance, it does overload you. And especially in a sport like golf, where like you said, it's just as important to be able to decelerate as it is to accelerate. And like, if you don't have that ability, the only way you're gonna be able to decelerate effectively and control your body is if your body is strong, then yeah, you're just not gonna survive in the sport. And we see that over and over again. I would say that's the biggest limiting factor. Like Jess was talking about, there's, you know, with a lot of my male golfers that I've worked with on the, the physical therapy side, a lot of it is mobility, but then there is, there's just an absence of any sort of formal strength and conditioning in their, in their program. And I have that conversation with them all the time. It's like, you don't, one of the things that I, I heard when I was a, a teenage athlete playing baseball, one of my coaches said, you don't play your sport to get in shape. You get in shape to play your sport. And I got in, you know, a sport like golf or even like baseball, like I played is such a high skill variable sport that it's like, you're like, you were talking about how many thousands, tens of thousands of reps do you need to pull off like one shot? It's like, that's not going to produce strength and athleticism. Like you're going to draw that from your training program so you can apply it to your sport. So Right. Yeah, I have spot on right there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a non-conversation with me. If you're going to be my, one of my golf students, you're going to come to my workout classes. And I've actually started including that in some of my year-long packages. Mm. Just, hey, you've got lessons year-round, come to a workout when you can. I think that's the only way that, uh, that we're going to really make the jump that we're going to in the next 12 months is if you come to my gym. That's it. <laughs> so I'm just being, awesome. yeah, being blatantly clear with people, uh, especially these young kids who don't really have any idea of what the hell's going on in the gym. Pardon my language, but uh, yeah. Well, I think that's so important because, and I think I've said this on the podcast before in other interviews, but I was introduced to strength training as a 15 year old. So a freshman in high school and I was a volleyball player and I seriously credit that. Like I didn't have any idea at the time. It's just like, yeah. this is what you're doing. Like our volleyball team had our coach and our strength coach. And if you wanted to play, and I made varsity as a sophomore, like you're going to strength train. So, and I loved it and I still do it to this day, but I never had one injury until I was 18 and it was ankle sprains. That's yeah. like, and, and since then I have now, you know, trying to jump onto a box with weights. I have smashed my finger and <laughs> hit my shins and done some idiotic things as an older adult. But, um, but I, you know, I seriously credit that, you know, just being strong and, and agile and not having a lot of issues um, to just being strong and, and having that um, experience, which many women especially are not exposed to, especially in high school, but let alone when they're older. So I'd be curious what your guys' thoughts are too. So let me ask you a question real quick. How early is too early to strength train? Ooh, man. Well, I think, you know, the, the standard medical answer is it depends. You know, <laughs> I, I look at it like Jess and I've had this conversation since we have kids, like we feel like at an early stage, like kids need to be able to do several different things. They have to have 
awareness of where they are in space. And so like putting them in like sports that improve that general awareness, like for our kids, um, the things we've had them in mainly are like gymnastics and swimming, which is all about body orientation in different positions and kind of vestibular sense, being able to figure out how you're moving in three dimensions through space. Because that's a big piece of just general athleticism is that ability to control your limbs and to orient yourself to the environment around you. I would say in terms of like strength related exercises, any sort of body weight training or control, I think it, as soon as the kids show any interest is fine, fine to start. You know, when you talk about like more formal, like barbell, dumbbell type training, I think you could probably get away without doing that until, you know, like pre-adolescence and still see a, a bunch of gains. But like by the time you get to that high school level, I think you should be in some sort of formal strength and conditioning program. But like you were talking about, and I think this, this goes to like, how do we develop a, a good all around athlete and somebody who's going to be able to learn faster in terms of like their athletic vocabulary. It's like the more you expose them to those different types of movements, different types of sports like that, that movement vocabulary expands and then they're able to really grasp those higher level concepts a yeah. lot faster. So well, and that research is old too, isn't it? That, oh, you're going to stunt growth if you strength train at such and such age. Like that's not actually, I mean, no. this is more Tim's realm of expertise than mine, but mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Like, yeah. That's actually incorrect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so things have come a long way, I think in the last couple of decades of when is it appropriate to start strength training? There are videos that I adore on Facebook, which social media is not great for a lot of things, but for some things, you know, of showing these like 10 year olds, eight year olds, you know, our oldest age, doing Olympic lifts with child size bars, you know, but they make things like that. And I love it. And it's like, you don't have to do that at that young of an age. You can get away, like Tim said, with doing body weight and that sort of thing, but it's cool to see kids. Like our kids will probably be the kids doing that because we have our home gym and they come yeah. out with us. And, you know, Aiden's always hanging from the bar. He wants to do a, a strict hang right now because he sees mommy and daddy doing pull-ups and right. I'm like, that's fine. You can yeah. do that. Like you can try. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've got lots of ways to modify that. And, our daughter likes doing wall squats with me. So, <laughs> yeah. but they do um, stuff like crawling mm -hmm. as well, you know, yep. jumping, landing, like just all this stuff that we know is going to just teach them how to move better. Mm -hmm. And when we start getting formal with them, it's like, all right, they've already got that, that background to apply. So, and I think that about uh, 10, 12 years old, not me personally, but that seems to be about the age, depending on the individual of mm -hmm. getting to the gym and actually doing some things. And then we'll do some weird stuff like, Let's just do some box jumps. Let's do some throws. Let's just do some some explosive exercises that necessarily aren't putting a whole lot of strain on your body. Let's just go have fun with it. You know what I mean? And uh, and then we'll throw a football around also. I mean, I'm all about that. Let's let's throw a football. Let's let's throw a frisbee. Let's figure out how to throw these things as far as possible. Let's throw a baseball as hard as we can. Let's. Yeah. I got a couple of baseball bats here. Let's hit the baseball as hard as we can. Let's just do anything as hard as we can. Let's just figure out how good or how terrible we are at something and kind of work around it. And I think that's really uh, been really good for a lot of my kids to be able to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be a golf related exercise to be a golf benefit specifically. Yeah. Kind of how I relate it to my realm as well. I love that you guys do swimming. I never even would have considered that, uh, or your kids did, did swimming, or they are doing swimming. I think that's yeah. really 
Yeah, that's probably well, the... grandma and grandpa have a pool. So yeah, our children and my <laughs> yeah. folks, both sides, my parents have a lake house, grandma and grandpa have an in-ground pool in their house here in Kansas City. So yeah. <laughs> our kids are, you know, need to be very efficient swimmers. So. Right. Well, and what was it like? We kind of like sat down and thought about that early on at a top level. It was like, what did we want to make sure we pass along to our kids in terms of like physical skills? It was like one, like you're drown proof. Like that's important. Like, you know, two, like you can defend yourself. So you've got to have like some like awareness and like, you know, ability to kind of like stand up for yourself. And then what was the third one? There was another one. It was like, don't drown, don't get beat up in like, I can't remember the third one, but like yeah. you said earlier, multi-sport children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely don't agree specialize. with that. Yeah. Like, it's so bad. There's so much research on that now. We see it all the time at those repetitive injuries. And yeah. the other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about seeing like those 10 and 12 year olds, like, you know, you really need to start doing some sort of formal strength work, even if it's just body weight. But I can't tell you the number of um, preteen and even that eight to 10 year old, like girl age that I've seen, you know, as, as patients over the last decade of physical therapy, and they are so weak and so loosey goosey. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you have to start working on this. This is why you have back pain. Like you are too young to have back pain, but it's actually more common to see that now. And we right obviously now. see a ton of that, you know, so um, I got a girl right now. I call her, uh, uh, oh, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> next year she's got something else wrong with her and i'm like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah there are folks yeah. like that who it's like can't get out of their own way mm-hmm. right yeah some of these some of the students i get are so hyper mobile that mm-hmm. that's the whole reason i i started doing well not the whole reason but a lot of the reason why i wanted all this gym stuff in my actual garage next to the hitting bay is to be able to understand that you don't have to go your full range of motion sometimes let's let's knock that off let's make sure that we don't end up you know hurting ourselves Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to make this golf swing it's just golf so <laughs> right right mm-hmm. well I think that's that's super interesting that you bring that up too because we do see I've worked with a lot of golfers over the years who are really just more concerned about flexibility than they are body control yeah. and it's like then you like you know you turn on the tv you see Dustin Johnson or you see um, Fowler or McElroy guys like that who are like truly probably hypermobile, Dustin Johnson in particular, like that guy, that's not normal flexibility to be able to make a turn like that. And then people get that in their head as far as like, you know, well, shouldn't I be able to do that? Or I want to turn that far and then I can bomb it out there like DJ does. And it's like, well, that's probably one, not realistic. Like, let's think about who you are, not who that person (laughs) is that, that we're seeing. But then it's like, I feel like a lot of it comes from like a lack of understanding about what really constitutes like, you know, uh, a quality golf swing and, you know, kind of understanding yourself. So how do you kind of approach that when, when people come in and they kind of have like maybe some preconceptions about what their golf swing should look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple different ways, really, but I, I am always very brutally honest with my students. So I will tell them exactly what they need to hear is that they're not going to swing it like Dustin Johnson or they're not going to swing it like Rory or Adam Scott. Adam Scott's my man crush, by the way, but oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at that point, we've got to realize a couple things. I, I'm very realistic with expectations. Um, the people that you see on TV are freaks in nature. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. They move in ways that we mortal beings cannot move. There's just no other way to put it. Secondly, is that People watch golf and think, oh my gosh, these guys are so good. They never miss a fairway. They never miss a green. They never miss a putt. 
snuff case. And so I, I'm really big on golf stats right now. And especially with my juniors, we're trying to be so perfect and trying to get them in the frame of mind, just hit it, go find it, hit it again. Who cares? You know, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter what it looks like. As long as you can find it and you can put a good swing on it, it's all that matters. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at, at golf swings, uh, I'll give uh, credit to my, my current boss, Joe Taylor, over there at the Golf Club of Creekmore. He's a very big Larry Rinker guy. And uh, Larry Rinker teaches something that's called upper core, lower core, and middle core. Um, and, uh, and I'm just learning it, so I won't uh, get into super detail. But basically what it is is that you are able to, to, to measure yourself. It's like a body screen. But what it allows you to do is figure out where you're mobile. Are you an upper core player, meaning that you're going to be like very armsy and handsy? Are you a lower core player, which like a Dustin Johnson, that you're going to have a lot of rotation through your golf swing. And if you don't rotate, you're not going to be able to hit it well. Or are you a mid-core player, which is what all your pretty golf swings look like, like a Rory, like an Adam Scott, um, players like that, that you look at a golf swing, you're like, oh, man, that's gorgeous, you know? Uh, and so basically, that's the easiest way for me to tell you guys. That's kind of what we look at is are you going to be able to swing more with your upper body or you swing more with your lower body or mid or somewhere in the middle? Um, but what I do from that is it's just a, a matter of matchups. Somebody that has a lot of hand action in their golf swing, we don't really want, you know, we don't really want a, a very strong grip per se, because there's going to be a lot of hand action. And if we have a strong grip, it means it's going more left. Somebody that has a lot of lower body rotation, we want a stronger grip because the club face needs to be a little bit more shut so we can rotate through it. Um, and so at that point, it's a, uh, it's a figuring out what works for you and then let's make it work for you. You know, let's stop trying to make it look like somebody else. I'm not worried about what somebody else's golf swing looks like. I want to make sure that it's functionally a sound for you and what your body is able to do and what it isn't able to do. I'm not going to, I wouldn't be worth my weight in gold if um, uh, I was able to look at a golf swing and say, okay, well, this is my model. We're going to fit every single person into this model doesn't work that way. There needs to be more than one way to approach a golf swing. And that was really my issue with uh, Tyler's Performance Institute for a while. In mm -hmm. the early days, they were very much about this one model. And I'm like, guys, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, the whole sequencing thing, and I get it. Mm -hmm. I get that that's, what, that's where power comes from. But I'll tell you personally, my body will break down if I do that too many times. My hips... I'm just super tight. That's just, you know, there's no other way around it. And so I should probably come see you, but uh, we'll I'm talk super, about that after this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm super tight. And so if you tell me that I need to separate my, my hips from my shoulders on the way down, I'm going to end up laying in bed for the next two weeks. I mean, I just can't do it. Mm. And so understanding that, you know, there's a correlation between, you know, hip rotation, shoulder rotation, and they're not always going to be equal all the way through the backswing. If we can just send the whole left side together rather than try and separate those out, then, mm -hmm. then we're golden. And so it was a long-winded answer to be able to say it just matters on the individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's no one way about it, but it's all about matchups mm -hmm. and understanding what works and what doesn't. But there is more than one way to deliver a really fast golf swing squarely on the back of a ball to make it do what you want it to do. And that's if your instructor doesn't believe that, then you need to go find another instructor. There's just no other yeah. way about it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's the same thing we see in physical therapy. There are certain aspects, especially in orthopedics, you know, these schools have thought about, this is how we should treat everybody who has back pain. Like you get these specific exercises, even though there's like a dozen different flavors of like low back pain. And it's like, 
Yeah, you might have like 25% efficacy if you only use like one approach. And right. I think that's that's really refreshing to hear from you. And that's a, a smart way to go about it. I think that is the sign of like a, a practitioner who's actually paying attention instead of just being like ideological or dogmatic about, you know, how they approach, you know, somebody that they're trying to help. That I'm really interested too. We probably don't have the time to dig into this, but just that idea of like understanding like, you know, what your strengths and weaknesses are and really making the golf swing fit you instead of you fit into the golf swing. I think sure. that's, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. So. Well, use your TPI model. That's essentially what I use. Mm -hmm. uh, the Larry Rinker method is another way, um, mm -hmm. you know, the upper core, lower core stuff. That's just, that's a different way. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to be able to analyze, um, you know, what's working on your body versus what isn't. Um, but I think if you can just make some some quick assessments on the range, I mean, the TPI model is essentially supposed to be done in 10 minutes. Um, it's, it's a range, it's a range assessment is what it is. Um, so if we can figure out what works, what doesn't for you really quick, um, then we're good to go. You know, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would agree. That's what I loved about TPI is it's just super easy to apply the assessment and agree. And yeah, it does seem like things have changed since the early days where there was like this idea that like everybody's supposed to be in perfect kinematic sequence and like right. this is the standard mobility and lat flexibility and ankle dorsiflexion and like all the stuff that everybody should have and it's like well I have somebody who's like not really been able to touch their toes for the last like 50 years it's like <laughs> yeah. they might might not be able to get there yeah. and it's like what are we going to do about that so perfect example I mean TPI took these measurements off of the best ball strikers in the world and said, these are the characteristics that you should try, you should strive for in order to make sure that we can hit better golf shots. And I'm like, Adam Scott, when he's sitting down doing the rotation, right? Shoulders mm -hmm. up, he's going to rotate almost 170 degrees. Are you yeah. kidding me? I can barely get 90. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I mean, I think 60 is the, is the, 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 point that we're measuring for but I was like this is ridiculous so so why am I trying to be you know trying to be fit into this model it just doesn't make any sense but uh, you know I, I think now the the, the uh, it's been altered the conversation has been altered it's not necessarily that everybody has to fit into this mold it's more of a well this is what to expect whenever you're not in it and that's mm -hmm. when I think actually it's been become more successful over the last few years yeah, I, I think the other cool thing about that, just to kind of wrap up this this section of it, is like their kind of understanding of, you know, there's certain swing characteristics that you want to see or not see, or if you see some of these things, these might predispose your your golfer for injury as well, which right. is like something that I've been able to kind of apply and, you know, connect with a lot of golfers on. It's like, well, you know, you might not be able to turn, you know, to a to a certain range of motion in your backswing that that you want to but if we can keep you in good alignment and good posture you're going to protect yourself from throwing out your back as well you know and just use like good principles of movement at least even if that's through we talked about that in the gym or just like strength training it's like well if you can't go through full range like work through the partial range that you can control and like you you may get stronger and find that you've got full range motion over time but it's like you can do partial reps as well, and that'll help get you stronger as well. It's kind of the same thing with the golf swing. That's been the thing for me personally, is I've tried to wrestle with my golf swing over the years that I find is like when I turn less, I hit the ball better, even though yeah. I can turn fur further. It's like that always 
takes me out of position and I'm a less consistent ball striker the farther I try to turn in my backswing. So, right. so tell our audience too a little bit about, you know, who are the types of people that you work with? What do you see most often? I mean, I'm assuming it's a wide variety of people coming in with, yeah. they need help with various things, but uh, sure. what do you see a lot of? Uh, you know, my, my athletes come in and they're generally wanting to play in college. I got a lot of juniors and I think that's just kind of what uh, I've set my business up as recently. Um, now that's not to say that I don't uh, service everybody because I do, but I get a lot of players that are like teetering between, you know, I'm playing some pretty good high school, but I would want to really play in college. And so how do I get there? Or, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good handicap, but now I'm thinking about playing in some of these state line amateur tours or an amateur golf tour around town and going from there, whether they're, you know, 25 or 45, you know, I still get that same question quite a bit. And then, uh, so it's a lot of people that are like right on the cusp of like, what, what is it do I need kind of conversation, you know? And so, um, I get a lot. Yeah, that's pretty much what I end up getting. That's, that's a hard question to answer, I guess. But uh, I, got, I got all kinds of juniors. Um, that's that's the majority of my business, I think, mainly because I am still when I started, I was pretty young. Uh, so, you know, I'm able to really connect with them and I'm honest with them. And I think um, a lot of the parents um, would would probably agree with me when I say it's almost like having an additional parent around, um, you know, but it just happens to be golf related too. They know that I'm going to answer or ask the right questions. And when something goes on, I'll, I'll be honest with the parents too. I would say, Hey, they're not working or, Hey, this, we need to go get him help like now or things of, of that sort, you know? And um, so I think they, they appreciate that. Yeah, that's so valuable. And what does it look like for a client to come in and work with you? You had mentioned earlier some various packages. I mean, can they do single visits with you or is it like, no, like this is my routine yeah. or my program and this is what you got to fit into. So what does that look like? Uh, I do do a few single visits, um, but mainly for those people that I've, uh, I've seen quite a bit in the past that we're on the same page. We know what we're working on and it's uh, kind of a touch and go kind of thing. Um, I do sell packages. I think for me these days it's like if you're not willing to spend five to seven lessons with me really focusing on getting better i'm not willing to, to waste my time you know with you it's uh, uh i have plenty of other things to do and plenty of other clients that do want to get better that i'm going to dedicate my time to them as well so mm. kind of what it is um i'm not necessarily like requiring them to do a, a whole lot i do require them to practice between sessions if they don't i'll send them home you know, if they, if they aren't working on things that I ask them to work on, I'll send them home. If I see them on the range and they're not working on the things that I talk to them about and they tell me that they didn't or that they did and it just looks totally different than what I asked, I'll send them home. You know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. It's just really hard on people. And I think sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. And it's always mm -hmm. great for me. But uh, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think a lot of people need that um, in order to really hold accountable as well. You told me you want to get better. Let's get better. Let's not waste each other's time. So, yeah. you know, to answer your question, I do do some short-term stuff, a um, couple one-offs here and there, but in very rare scenarios. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I will spend quite a bit of time with people. I think that's really the only way to get better. You, there is no such thing as a one-hour quick fix. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Man, it's like we're speaking the same language. That's yeah. exactly the way people who've worked with us know it's the same way. It's like we we commit to you and you commit to us. Like we, we know that physical therapy doesn't work 
as just like a pain management strategy. You know, it's like you've got to get to the root of the problem. And if you're going to fix the root of the problem, it's going to take more than one visit. And not only is this a deal where it's like we've got to diagnose accurately, but we've got to treat you in a progressive way where you get better over time so that you don't backslide and come back to see me for the same problem in six months because we didn't do it right the first time. So it's like, we're very against that like one-off model. And that makes complete sense with the way you're doing it too. It's like, if you want to get better, if you want to improve your skills, it's like, you're probably not going to get that all sorted out in one hour. So. And then how does the uh, strength training fit into that too? Um, You had mentioned that earlier like when they pay for a package with you, is that included? Um, do they have a routine for that? Or is it just kind of whenever you want to come in, this is the times that I offer, you know, is it group sessions or do you have private training too? I do. I do uh, a good amount of private training. I will every once in a while include like a, these are some stretches I need you to be doing. I'm not really a big stretch person, but here's some dynamic uh, mobility that I need you to be working on. Here's some range of motion strength exercises that you should be thinking about as well. Um, hey, your squat sucks. We should probably work on that, you know? <laughs> and so they kind of really see, it depends on them, how the screen goes. If I see something I don't like, I'm going to bring them in. And I'll, I'll, I'm very flexible with the people that I work with because of the conversation we just had. If they're working with me and they're, and they're paying in to be with me, then I'm going to be all in on them. And so if something comes up that's not necessarily associated with our package, but it needs to happen, I'll go ahead and take care of them. And that's just the, Personally, I just think that's the right thing to do and, and the right way to do business. And um, it's not necessarily the dollar amount for me, but it's it's the client success and the client satisfaction, and um, whether it be in with me or their their golf game. And so, uh, mm-hmm. or just, just every everyday living, you know. Um, but uh, I do also have some classes. I got a few uh, guys that work together, work out together in the mornings uh, a couple times a week, and they always tell me after, you know, if we were to miss one or like over the holidays, they're like, yeah really missed that workout. I woke up one day and I was like, man, I am tired and my back. <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. I'm telling you guys, you know, he goes, you're, you're a really good bargain, bud. I said, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, man. That stuff matters for sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so, you know, I got a little bit of everything. I, I try and pair, I try and pair people together that are like-minded. And so I, uh, I'll have a couple of different classes available for people that um, either all want to come out and work together or, you know, I got one guy who hates working out with other people. So it'll just be he and I, and we'll just, you know, we turn on some uh, queen Pandora radio and we just kill it. We, we work out together. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's great, man. And it's good that you're thinking about that too, you know, getting people uh, into, I, I just think that that's exactly what people need is we're kind of talking about, you know, this whole topic of golf is they need a community. They need a coach, you know, who's willing to support them and, you know, kind of commit to to helping them do the things that they want to do i think it's you know this is another conversation we've had with so many people on our podcast is like this idea of like you know the the lone wolf you know being able to figure it out all on their own or the self-made man it's like i I just don't think that works when it comes to taking care of yourself whether it's you know a healthcare related need or a fitness or a sport it's like you know everybody we we always say like everybody needs a coach at least mm-hmm. one if not more so i am really big on mentors and uh, yeah. i really really believe that you can never have too many mentors and at least role models things of that sort but um i i was personally the lone wolf for a long time um i was trying to get into this industry and do it appropriately and then 
I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I think like golf courses around here are a little scared of me because no one wants me to work with them, which is really sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but I got told no so many times that I just developed this mindset of, I do not care anymore. I'm going to do what is best for me and was best for my clients. I'm going to be very outspoken about the things that I feel are issues, not only in the golf industry, but the fitness industry in the Kansas city area and the na national platform, whatever it is. If I feel it's important, I, I don't care about anybody's perspective anymore. And I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. And I think at that point, it really, um, I mean, it kind of polarizes people. And, uh, and I hate to polarize people. That's absolutely not what I'm trying to do. But I'm trying to bring light to these issues that are within the, the industries around town specifically that I'm like, guys, we could, we could be better. You know, mm -hmm. we should be better. And that's exactly what should be happening. But that's seems to be a foreign thing, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it man, it's hard to lead from the front on things mm -hmm. like this, frankly. And I think that's the cool thing about hearing your story and what you're doing. It's very much what Jess and I are trying to do as well. Like the kind of standard in physical therapy is you get out of school, you go work for a hospital, you go work for a private clinic, you're in an insurance-based setting, your patients get like a predetermined number of visits and it doesn't really matter what your professional opinion has to say about that person's well-being or what you feel is best for them. And the physical therapy industry is an industry that is being dictated to by a third party that is reducing the amount of compensation they get for doing their job that they were professionally trained to do. There's a fight every year, every yeah. December, they want to cut more, they want to cut more. I'm like, you realize that people like are getting a doctorate degree to do this. Like they're not going to be able to pay you <laughs> to see right. clients. And that's kind of the direction we're going. Right. So. <laughs> right. So it, man, it does my heart good to hear that, that you're trying to do the same thing with, with the golf industry as well. Cause I, I think that we see that in a lot of areas that, you know, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is about serving people well. And, you know, whether it's in, you know, a thing like sport that somebody wants to pursue, or it's, you know, some way that like a kid is struggling in terms of how they relate to their peers or how they feel about themselves, you know, or their relationship with their family or something like that. Like having people who are willing to take the time to have the conversations, I think is what people deserve. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though I'm sure, because you know, as you're saying this, it's like, man, we, we've had the exact same conversations, thoughts, feelings, all that. Like it can be kind of a lonely place to be sometimes when you feel like, am I the only one you know, who's like seeing this stuff? But man, it just, I hope it's some encouragement to you. And this is, this is why one of the reasons I was so excited to get on the phone with you or on the Zoom with you is just like, you know, there's a bunch of quality people out here like us who are trying to do right by people. And it, it, man, it's just super encouraging to, to get to hear about the way you're doing this as well, Austin. And you're doing a really cool thing, man. Yeah. And Austin, where can people find you? Do you have a website, social media channels, all of that? Yeah, I got all kinds of stuff. So oh, yeah. go. Yeah. How do you think I found it? <laughs> I could probably tell people, but I'll let uh, you do it, Austin. <laughs> I got, uh, so I'm on Instagram. I, my personal is Austin Jarko, uh, A-U-S-T-I-N-J-A-R-C-H-O-W. Uh, my business is A-S-J-P-G-A. Uh, that's my initials and the initials of PGA. It's Austin Jarko Golf and Fitness is what it's going to end up being. Uh, if you search my name, it'll it'll pop up there with uh, a few of my accounts. Um, I'm also at Creekmore. Uh, I've got a website, Austin Jarko Golf and Fitness. I just 
redid here recently. So it's nice and pretty again. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, I'm super accessible. You can find me on Facebook, same thing. You search me up and, uh, um, you know, maybe in the near future, I'll have a, my own physical standalone location. That's uh, kind of been, you know, after COVID, it was kind of put on the back shelf. It's been uh, brought up over the last couple months with a couple of my investors again. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, who knows? But I'm always we'll definitely keep track of you for sure. We really yeah. appreciate your time and just sharing just your expertise with people that are listening because what you're doing is valuable. They need to know where you're at. So thank yeah. you, Austin, so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah, this is good, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at RestoreThrive.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Restore Thrive is the home to Kansas City's top physical therapy and performance training practice. We're all about helping active individuals and athletes get back to the activities and sports they love without pills, injections, or surgeries. At our core, we believe that you should be able to grow strong and age gracefully. So whether you're trying to get ready for your next race, ready for your next workout, ready to keep up with your kids, pretty much ready to win at the game of life. Check us out and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Restore Thrive. Until next time, be well, everyone.